Welcome to the Rediscovering Your Creative Self podcast, where you get a weekly dose of inspiration and motivation for your creative practice. Riding the wave. As a writer uh, for both books and magazine articles, I've had an opportunity to interview so many artists that have basically achieved um, some of the greatest accolades in their perspective fields. And during my conversations, one of the things I've always talked to these artists about is how, one, have you gotten to where you are right now? What would you have done differently? And the third thing is, how do you handle both your triumphs and your tribulations. And what I've discovered, and again, these are artists that really span the globe, so it's not like they all got together and came up with the same answer. Of course, each of them says it in their own way, but ultimately what they've all told me is they ride the wave. And what I mean by ride the wave is they don't allow things that, um, you know, when they get a lot of awards and things that are great, they don't allow themselves to get too high. And when things don't work out, they don't allow themselves to get too low. They kind of let more or less keep an even keel, like riding the waves. You know, waves can be, you know, quite destructive, you know, one of the, the analogies or the things that it reminds me of when it comes to riding the wave, when my sister and I were younger, we were always an hour or so from the beach when we were growing up. And we'd go to the beach and we'd see these, especially after they had a storm, there'd be these waves. And if you got even, I mean, up to your knees, it's not like you were really deep in the water, okay? But even if you got up to your knees, if the wave was coming, you either had to dive into the wave or you had to, um, you know, let it ride you out. Because if you tried to run away from the wave, that wave would knock you down. All you felt was your body kind of moving onto the ground and bouncing all over. You were underwater. It was like really scary because waves are incredibly strong. So as artists, if we allow things to, you know, beat us up, move us all around, you know, take us off course, we're never going to be able to have the stamina or the energy or the, you know, the sense to ourselves, that sense of balance for the long term. So getting back to um, that element of riding the wave. Riding the wave is kind of like being in flow. You're with the wave. You don't let it bring you down. You don't let it bring you up to peaks. You just keep in balance. So no highs, no extreme lows, but just riding it. Kind of like chill, right? Kind of like zen. And to get to the other questions that I've asked artists from every discipline, actually, and different ages too, which is really at different parts of the world, which is really interesting, 
is when I ask them, you know, what would you do differently? You know, and sometimes some artists would go, well, geez, I really have to think about that. And through, you know, the rest of the interview, when I get back to that question, they say, you know what? I wouldn't change a thing. Because the things that I did, quote unquote, you know, wrong, you know, were the things that taught me the stuff that I needed to get to where I am now. The stuff that I thought would, um, you know, that I wanted to do that I didn't get actually worked out for the best because I wouldn't be here without that. So interesting enough, I'd have some artists that would tell me right away, I wouldn't change a thing. Wouldn't change a thing. And others after through talking about stuff and their careers and things like that, get to it. And they say, you know what? I wouldn't change anything because if I change something, I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't know what I, you know, the information, I wouldn't have the experiences I have today. I am shaped by those decisions and those decisions taught me things. And so, um, you know, in learning from other people's experiences. And I think for me, um, having at a, at a young age, being in the midst of artists much older than myself at the time, having literally Hall of Fame illustrators and artists to interview or work beside, I learned so much. And my biggest gift was my gift to be a good listener. I was always a good listener and I wasn't afraid to ask questions. And I think as artists learning from other artists in the past, learning from our coworkers, seeing life through their experiences teaches us how, when the waves come, how to handle them. What are the best ways to deal with things? And I consider um, my artistic community that I've been able to surround myself with as being one of my the greatest gifts I could have given myself by putting myself in those positions to learn from other people. And not just in an educational standpoint, but um, at the various teaching positions that I've had and and again, like doing the articles. So if you ask other illustrators, um, you know, over the course of our career, um, what would they have told younger people or their younger self was always another question that I'd ask. And that question was, uh, that answer usually was, don't worry so much. I think often as artists, we worry about everything. You know, we worry about, oh, is this going to be good enough? Or should I do this? Or should I, shouldn't I do that? And, you know, there's all these decisions. And I think one of the things that, especially the more seasoned artists that I've known, uh, many who are no longer with us, um, I call them my mentors, have taught me is 
Don't sweat the small stuff. Don't worry so much about everything because everything's going to work out. If you love what you do, you're passionate about what you do, and you're hardworking, that's all you really need. Everything else will work out. And I think if I have to, um, you know, if I was even asked the same question, um, what would I change or what would I tell my younger self or, you know, you know, what would I do if I was recommending somebody who's starting out in this field is I would probably say, don't take the shortcuts. Learn as much as you can about art making and about materials and approaches to art. Don't be limited to looking at it from one standpoint. There's all facets of art. People who are more expressionistic, other ones who are more technical, uh, more academic, look at both of those things. Look at a variety of art making from printmaking to sculpture, especially when you're first starting out, because those things will enter into the mix. And when you're trying to create your own style and your own brand and your own identity as an artist, you got to sample a lot of things to kind of see where stuff fits for you. Because you can get down a journey of kind of doing one thing in a certain way and never realize that you could have been great at doing something else or a combination of certain things. So if I had to recommend I to, to a younger person um, would be to experiment as much as you can, try as many things, put on different hats, you know, of different artists. I think those things are great. And all of those things help you to ride the wave because no matter what happens, you have a little bit of knowledge of different things. And then eventually you start to hone in, you know, don't make the sculpture by sculpting the eyeballs and then trying to make the head, throw down the clay, you know, learn a lot of different things and then start honing in. That would be um, my recommendation. The other thing that I wanted to say um, about riding the wave is and and trying to see yourself from the outside. Do you ever realize or notice how easy it is to rec you know give recommendations to a friend and yet you know yourself that you wish you could take that recommendation yourself? In other words, you're trying to con console or you know, give some consultation to a friend about a certain situation to calm them down, to make them feel easy at things. And yet you question sometimes, you know, I think I would feel the same way as them. I wish I could take my own advice sometimes. And I think at times we have to step outside ourselves. And I tell my MFA students, be the CEO of your own company, not just the worker, okay? The CEO looks at a grander picture for your career. A CEO looks at where you've been 
and starts to drive the car of where you're going. Sometimes the worker in you can get so lost in the day-to-day and the learning and the, the details, okay, that we forget to step outside ourselves, you know, and we forget that we have all the right advice. Sometimes we need to take it take that advice ourselves. So I actually do this thing where I need to break my personality up a bit. And Lisa has the the artist Lisa and the worker Lisa. And then there's the CEO Lisa. And the CEO steps outside and says, okay, let's look at this from a different standpoint when I'm trying to make decisions, okay, about my career or about something that's um, taking my emotional self out of the puzzle. And then I get into business mode, Lisa. And business mode, Lisa, won't look at things from, you know, that gut emotional place, but will look at things from just a grander outside managerial position. So I don't make decisions sometimes just upon um, maybe being upset. So that's really what I'm talking about with riding the wave. You're keeping a more even keel. You're not just getting very emotional on something. And I'm usually able to make a better decision that way. Be the problem solver, not obsessive or obsessing on the problem. Okay. The things that you're stressing about in terms of the creative process or projects or clients or anything like that, okay? So stepping outside, either being the CEO of your business, in other words, that's a different hat that you're wearing, or being the good consulting friend, okay? Say you're another artist and you want to Uh, have a conversation with yourself as another artist, seeing it from an outside perspective. So finding that role-playing game inside yourself that can look at the situation from a more global standpoint is very helpful. That will help you ride the wave, okay? That will help you not to get really erratic, you know? And I mean, yes, we can be super excited for things that go well in our life, but in in our art. But if we're so focused on, oh, it's always going to be this way. In other words, we, you know, maybe the next thing that happens isn't as rewarding. And then we feel this big drop. You know, it's like I was really excited and then I get really down. So when we take on... um you know, really great triumphs that we've had and, and accolades that we have. We're thankful for the opportunity, but we know that this is just one and a bit of stuff that happens to us. And, you know, yes, we can get all, we can get excited about it, but not so much that we feel that if anything that comes next does not match that level, then it's not good. That's when that is not the way to think about things. So again, always being excited, but making sure we bring us back to that neutral position, okay? That, you know, not letting things really get us too excited or too upset, you know, kind of keeping that even keel is really, really important. 
It's just kind of like riding the wave. And I know I've used the analogy of um, when I'm dancing on ice. <laughs> that's that's my feeling of riding the wave where I'm just, my body is moving. I have absolutely no gravity. I'm, I don't even have skates on. I'm this effortless and I am just flowing. And it's just this lyrical, beautiful movement. And that for me is that's the place where I know I'm in flow. I know I'm riding the wave. I'm, I'm, there's no effort. There's a, like a calmness that happens there. So next time you're uh, in a situation where, um, you know, things didn't go your way or things were upsetting you in some way when it comes to, it could be life or your artistic practice. See if you can do some role playing with yourself as well. Um, you can use my CEO um, if you want, because I'm known as a strong business person in terms of I teach artists promotional strategies uh, on the MFA level and several programs and also undergraduates. So I get into that Lisa business mode. So that's a that's a strong um, position for me because I've done it for so many years. Uh, you might be um, somebody that wants to take on, you know, the colleague or the friend, you know, give yourself that hat. Okay, what would a friend say? What would I say if this situation was happening to a friend? And we all know the answers to those questions. We do. We all know the answers to those questions. And it's amazing because when you ask that question out loud, your brain will come up with an answer. It's almost scary. It's almost scary how well your brain works without you even consciously aware of it. The other thing that I do when I want to think about something in a different way, I go for a walk. And I have some mentors that I love dearly. I keep them with me. They have their picture in my studio. I ask my mentors who are no longer with us, what would they do? Or what did they think about this situation? And it's an amazing feedback that I get. And I'm, as I'm even talking about this, I'm getting a little bit teary eyed because it is so emotionally powerful sometimes. And I thought, oh my gosh, it's weird because I don't even know how that came in my head you know, when I get these answers back. But it's been incredibly helpful for me. So even when you're in situations, you can obviously ask friends what their advice are or colleagues or whatever, but there's some other strategies, like I mentioned, to help you to make better decisions, to help you to see a global perspective or a different perspective. Um, because to make decisions just from an emotional standpoint, they're usually not the best decisions. You got to give yourself a little bit of time and a little bit of stepping outside of the situation. And so maybe um, next time these things happen, you can think about riding the wave and think about employing some of the strategies um, that I've mentioned to you. And... As always, go ahead, have a great week, and create from the heart. This audio series is part of my Navigating the Labyrinth of the Creative Mind Patreon endeavor. The site 
uniquely intermixes self-reflection and personal storytelling with exploratory mixed media techniques and expressive approaches to art making, elevating the creative consciousness and guiding each person on his or her own path to discovering the creative spark that resides within. Check us out at www.patreon.com slash Lisa L. Sear, and that's spelled C-Y-R. <laughs>